Voucher, yeah, everyone, and welcome to the bonus podcast for episode 435 of Conversation Street. We have got an interview today with Charlie Lawson. Incredible. I know. Well done, Michael. And well done, Charlie, for uh, chasing us down on Twitter. Well, yeah, well, it all kind of started when, um, well, uh, Charlie had made a comment on one of our tweets and then uh, Paul from Corey Art yeah, uh, right. mentioned to him, have you been on the podcast? And he said no. And then we kind of got in touch. Never been with that. So no, I know. It never, I, I, I thought he was such a you know, big name on Coronation Didn't Street. Didn't he? wanted to be on our podcast, I but know. we're perfectly happy to have anyone on yes but no especially I'm honestly, a coronation I'm, street legend like uh, charlie lawson exactly i'm dead just after we got him on jim mcdonald jim mcdonald yes and what a timely person to have on the show considering that we just had the, a very good um tribute episode of the coronation street what was it called icons yes yeah for Liz the Liz mcdonald one was this yeah. week which charlie was also a charlie talking head on as well stuff to say on that one and so it's really nice this is like a companion podcast to go along yes, with that absolutely um and he's got a lot to say about being in the show very very frank and honest as you might imagine he would be mm. um yeah i loved it yeah so yeah here we go tune in listen and here comes my interview with charlie lawson Charlie Lawson made his Curry debut in 1989 playing hot-headed Jim McDonald, who, despite being banged up for manslaughter 20 years ago, has kept on returning to the cobbles like a proverbial bad penny ever since. Well, today I've managed to snag him myself for a chat about his time on the show. Charlie, thank you for joining me. How are you? How are you doing, uh, listeners? And how are you doing, Michael? Are you, are you bearing up under this... Um apocryphal cataclysmic event we're trying to bloody get through i am I'm, I'm managing i'm managing what about you how have you been keeping yourself safe and sane yeah i mean i, I you know look you'll find me an honest man i, I i'm i'm sort of uh, during the march uh, when it all started um we everybody was worried and of course it was absolutely terrible mm. um the, however now i'm a great believer I am deeply sorry for anybody who's lost anybody. Of course, I am, and I I'm, I worry for people who are very vulnerable, the old and the sick, and what have you. But I'm afraid the rest of us have to get on with life. So that's what I've been doing. I've just been being sensible, but I'm getting on with my life. You know. I think I think that's right. It's we, we've got a we we can't stay locked up forever, can we? No, as long as you're being sensible, like you said. Yes, it's a matter. Of, it's a question of being sensible. We we've been on. Very, very, very lucky people. We've been on two holidays abroad, and when we've come back, we've been sensible. Mm. Um, it's as simple as that. But I have dogs to walk and and things to do, and you know, and and so there's no way I can sit in my bathroom for two weeks. It's just not going to happen. No, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, back to some sense of normality, isn't it? Yes, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> right. So let's talk about Jim then. Who is, I have to say, a character that I have really, really enjoyed watching. Although, I mean, is it, is it wrong to say you like Jim, do you think? Are we supposed to like him? Um, well, I, by and large, I think the response, if you did a, a straw poll or something, I think you'd find that most people do. Mm. However, with reservations, I mean, you know, Jim is... The great thing about the, uh, creating a character like that is, well, the writers liked him, I liked him, and and that's how, that's how something works, and that's how you end up staying there, because they catch you out pretty damn quick yeah. if they don't like you, but... Um, I mean, he's a, he was a man uh, for all that. Um, you know, he, he he made mistakes and big ones, and mm. uh, he's a human being and a real a real man, and that, that's that's why people like him. Yeah, I mean, when was there ever a feeling early on when you got the role that he had the potential to go bad, 
Or did you just think he'd just stay like, you know, a hot-headed but generally decent chap? Well, it was, it was, I think it was, a, it was a shock initially for at least a year because the writers had no idea that they were going to get an Ulster man. Mm. You know, you know what I mean? And that, that was the first big sort of shock for them. And, um, you know, whether he went bad or, or not, I don't think he went bad. I mean, the last storyline, of course, was, was, you know, that was his, for me, his his worst mm. sort of um, escapade. But, uh, and, and um, you know, I think the trouble with that storyline was, and anybody can tell you, I'm not talking out of school. When I was asked to go back, um, they had already sort of, come up with the storyline and the plans and all that lot. And I don't know whose fault that is, and I'm not casting aspersions, but if they'd asked me a bit earlier, it would have been easier because what happened was uh, in with that storyline in 2018 or whatever it was, mm. that I'd already signed to play... Um, the, in the world premiere of Inspector Rebus, yes. so I, I I I was committed to six months of the year, and then they phoned me up and they wanted me to come back for a year. And I says, "Well, I can't because I've only you, you know it's now springtime and I start rehearsals in July for Rebus, mm. so they had to the bless them, they had to condense that storyline down." Um, from a long story, a slow burner, so to speak, into a condensed version. And I think that's why some people thought it was uh, slightly improbable that Jim would actually hmm. go down the road of pretending to that he'd found his daughter, etc., etc. But I think that was his, probably his, his lowest, um, you know, to, to do that. But all the stuff before that, you know, whacking people and all that, but that was just Jim being a soldier. People forget he was a soldier, you know? True, true. But we didn't really know. I don't think the writers know about anything um, to start with. And then they watch what you do with their writing uh, and then they go from there. So mm. I don't think there were any plans. I think they had a right slap in the teeth whenever the guy from Belfast turned up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you said that they didn't know he was going to be an Ulster man. Am I right in thinking that you had to help the script writers out to get some of the speech patterns, the catchphrases in? Yeah, I mean, they were very patient with me, you know. I started off right, literally um, saying everything verbatim. Yeah. And of course, it didn't work because, um, you know, the, the, there weren't any writers from Northern Ireland. Um, mm. They were Mancunian and from all over the place. And there were phrases that I was saying that just were totally alien to the character. Mm. So, I, 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 I mean, I didn't ask permission. I just... I, I just steamed ahead and, and started to put in, you know, and, instead of saying, you know, good morning, I'd be saying what about you and, mm. and different things. And, of course, everybody was surprised when I started saying so it is, so it was, <laughs> so it is, etc. But, I mean, if you've been watching Eamon Holmes for the last 20 years, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, that's just the way we speak. Uh, but the writers soon picked up on that and they accepted it and, um, and God bless them, you know, because... It can't have been easy for them. No. Do you find that people are still kind of quoting those lines back to you? Are you are you haunted almost by all those you know, Jim well, Northern Irish catchphrases? Yeah, it's it's very flattering, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it, I wouldn't say it's it's haunting, but it's it is there a lot of the time. And yeah. um, if you're on Twitter, you'll see that, you know. But um, people back home are extremely proud of what we achieved. Yeah. Because back in the day, I mean, there was, it was very, you know, 19, 1989, it was still, we were still at war in inverted commas, yeah. and Northern Ireland was a very black, grey place, 
Um, the, you know, there was uh, there was some awful atrocities happening, and and all we had in Northern Ireland was Alex Higgins uh, and Charlie Lawson. Really, you mm. know, there was there was, not, there was nothing really to shout about on the TV. Mm. So everybody back home was extremely proud, and of course, I'm extremely proud of my wee country. So, um, you know, I, I don't mind people taking the mick and people having a laugh and they do it over here all the time so yeah. look we created if we created something that's lasted that long then um we did a bloody good job it really really has hasn't it so that there'd been before you started in Corrie, there'd been a couple of attempts to introduce other family units with you know mum dads and kids but it was the mcdonald's i thought who were the first ones to really make their mark as a new family and stay the course why do you think it is what is it about the mcdonald's that that captured people's interests well look i think it's it's we had we had the the and i don't mind saying this i think the fact that the the family was completely different because there was this northern irish guy i mean mm. that, that was sort of unheard of so we had we had we had their ears pricked up straight away yeah that was the first thing. The second thing was there was great chemistry between Bev and I, mm. and that's sort of um, that is that is just luck. You can't invent that. You can't make it. It's either there or it isn't, and it was there. And and we worked in extremely different ways, but it all gelled together. And um, then the boys came along, and um, you know, and it just worked. And they were sort of like gorgeous wee fellas and. I mean, they were like Kylie and Jason. <laughs> which which one you know, was they, Kylie? <laughs> <laughs> I love Simon dearly, but uh, yeah. but you know what I mean. They, they were they were sort of superstars in Britain. Yeah. But it all sort of worked, and the and the writers, bless them. Uh, I mean, it's funny, you know, going back to nineteen eighty nine. I mean, some of the writers are dead now. God rest mm. their soul. But um, in those, they they really latched onto us and. Um, we must have done something right because they kept writing for us and, and everything they threw at us, we delivered the goods. And mm. I was watching something, um, my Debbie watches the uh, the stuff on in the afternoons, yes. the repeats of the old stuff. And we were so lucky, Bev and I, because we were doing, there was, there was 25 or 30 regular cast members. I think there's about 75 now. So we were able to do scenes that were five, six minutes long. You know, mm. I mean, that's like that's a gift for an actor in television. Yeah. So you get writers, good writers, writing six, seven minute scenes, and you get a director and, and the camera crew saying, "Right, I'll tell you what, let's just film these two, let them get on with it, and and do let them do whatever they wanted to do." And we had that freedom in those days. Mm. You know, I mean, it, it, it all worked very, very well. We were very lucky. Whether or not we would have come in now in, in 2020 and made such an impact, I don't know. Because I think we would have scared the bejesus out of the viewers now. <laughs> I think I think with one of the things with Liz and Jim, they're, they're a bit different because a lot of the classic much-loved Corrie couples fall into the mould of, you know, like the battle-axe wife with a hempeck husband. But Liz and Jim weren't yeah. like that, were they? No, they were they were they were uh, like Burton and Taylor, as it's been said. They mm. were they were a, they were a match for each other. Yeah, and uh, and neither would neither of them would take a backward step. And of course, that's very common in in, in modern relationships. Yeah. and uh, uh, you know, and Liz wasn't a saint, and neither was Jim. But the secret to the, the whole thing was the writers knew it, and the directors knew it, and we knew it was the fact that Jim and Liz 
loved the loved the pants off each other and and uh, desired the pants off each other mm. and that was always there and yeah if you have that basis on television then then you have a good couple um and the boys really the older the fellas got because we, we started off working with them when they were about you know 13 or something mm. and but once they grew um as actors which which they did i mean you watch the early stuff they didn't know what they were doing but <laughs> of course it grew and uh, and um so we we were very we were very lucky indeed yeah yeah uh, it was it was the, the passion i completely agree with but i think one of the early storylines that really really got the audience on your side was the um the miscarriage story wasn't it yes and and, and uh and you know look uh, um for all your your listeners out there especially the 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 women the girls and the ladies whatever you know i i've never been through that but um bev bev knew what was going on mm. and um and I really took a back seat and let her drive, so to speak. And and we had a lovely director did a lot of that storyline, Brian Mills, who's sadly no longer with us. He was one of the old school directors and um, and a bit of a legend at Granada TV. Mm. So the three of us were able to work together on the storylines. And obviously, you can't do it if the writing's rubbish, you know. Mm. But the writing's good, so. Um, uh, yeah, that was our first sort of venture into territory that hadn't really been explored mm. and uh, was to open the doors for all sorts of things that we would do in the future, you know, and, um, uh, you know, that, that it was difficult, but it was harder for, for well, Bev drove that along. I just, I went along for the ride yeah. and I let her, as, as we worked together over the years, it would happen um, organically that there would be a storyline that I would drive or she would drive, and and the other took didn't take a back seat, mm. but the other sat beside, if you like, in the passenger seat, and and bounced and and uh, that's the way we worked. So mm. each storyline was was relevant to to each of us in a different way, um, and as I say, in those days you had. You had you had the the luxury of long scenes to explore emotions and things that um, actors really don't have the time to do now. Well, yeah. very rarely, you know, yeah, with notable yeah. exceptions, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have another. I remember another one that I like particularly. It was more a story for you, really. Was when um, you were attracting the attention of Audrey when you were fixing a TV aerial. Do you remember when she was coming on to you? It was good that you were able to have a bit of light relief in stories like that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, but they, I, I do remember that vaguely. I, I mean, do you know what? I mean, I, 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 it was a long time ago, and it's common knowledge, Michael, that um, for a long period of, <laughs> of time, I was partying very, very hard. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I never, I was never given the red card, and I was never bad. It was never late or whatever, but. But not a lot of sleep was taken, so consequently, when I when I watch these storylines, I've really forgotten them. And occasionally, I catch up in the afternoons. But mm. but working with Sue Nichols was a joy, and Sue and I knew each other because oh, yeah. we were one of the uh, actors and actresses who had been. Sorry, that's very unfashionable, but I'm I'm an old fart. <laughs> so uh, she was an actress I was very familiar with. And I'd been around the block, you know, I'd been in the business 15 years before uh, I joined the street and, and Sue had been in the business for 25 years before. So we'd been around and we knew each other and we were actually represented by the same agent. Yeah. Uh, and I knew she was a comedian extraordinaire 
because we'd all seen her in, in uh, with Leonard Rossiter, etc., etc., and all the stuff she'd done over the years. So, and and she's 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 one of the old school so She's very funny, and mm. uh, I just laughed me nuts off working with her. It was great fun. <laughs> So speak, uh, speaking of those um, afternoon repeats we, we were just mentioning, we, we're just kind of going through the stage at the moment um, with Jim and Liz splitting up. And, and we've, we've seen that s- scene where he you know, drags her out of the car, beats her up. That's really shocking stuff. What do you remember about being told that that was all going to happen and, and filming all that? We learned, we learned sort of reasonably quickly that Liz had had a roving eye and, and had actually played around. Uh, and, and I think the people felt that that story could be explored because of uh, Miss Callard and Mr. Lawson were capable of playing it. Mm. Uh, There's no point in writing stuff if the actors can't play it um, because it'll fall on its behind uh, very quickly. Um, So people weren't scared to write this. And we knew it was sort of coming, but... um, it was building up and building up and and Jim knew that Liz had got some previous and therefore and he, and he knew he learned pretty quickly what what was going on and uh, you know drink taken and all the rest but mm. uh, and uh, when, when we played it Bev being Bev she she just said right go for it you know what I mean yeah. and so we went for it and uh, I suppose for 1992 or whatever on a on a uh, on a soap as they call it at half seven at night i suppose it was um a, a pretty pretty um hard stuff mm. um but um we we decided we would go for it and the director said i'm gonna film it you go for it you if if somebody upstairs the producer says it's too too this or too that then we'll have to get the scissors in yeah but they said they play that scene in the car for real and 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 just do it so so that's what we did and it woke a nation up let's let's be Mm. honest because there hadn't really been any domestic violence so to speak in um I think there'd been some early in the seventies mm. with um, Len Fairclough, but but I don't I, I, I couldn't swear to that. But um, so it it caused a stir, mm. and um, you know, yeah. uh, they actually better, when when they showed it on ITV three, it must have been like two three months ago. Maybe they they did actually snip quite a bit out of it. Actually, so it was, did it was, they? yeah, they did. Yeah, so it was obviously but, yeah seen as being pretty but, hardcore I mean, stuff. I, Half yeah, two I mean, in the I'm afternoon, against, I suppose it's different, isn't it? Well, I'm against all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it's a, it's it's dra- it's drama. It's written and it's created and it's played by actors. And uh, I don't think there should be censorship like that. But mm. that's just a personal view I have sure. of the arts in general. So I'm disappointed to hear that. But mm. sure, it'll not be it'll not be anything to do with the the current administration at the street. It'll no, be to do with some idiot sitting in an office somewhere in London, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we'll have to see what happens in the future because there's plenty of other Jim beating people up scenes to come, isn't there? I mean, he has runs in with, with, this, with the boys, he has Liz's fellas, Jazz Quigley, of course. I mean, was it exciting to play someone who punched first, asked questions later? Did you, did you quite like the action scenes? Yes, because I, 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 spent, I, I spent a lot of years doing that before I joined Corey and, um, you know, uh, it's it's like a wheelchair story, you know. Any actor who tells you they don't like being in a wheelchair, they're telling you bloody lies. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's a gift for an actor, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, no, I mean, no, I, I I knew 
I knew what the character was like. You know, I had created him, and incidentally, the last time I hit some was was a long time ago. Mm. But um, it was, um, you know, uh, it, I, yes, of course, I enjoyed it because he was a man. He was a soldier, for goodness sake. Yeah. And if some idiot like what's his name from the brewery had a go at whatever, then Jim just thought. Who is this waste of space and just whacked them? Mm. And um, most normal people I know in the world are, are kind of similar. I'm not suggesting it's a it's a road that we should follow, ladies and gentlemen. But <laughs> but um, I mean, it's yeah. Of course, it was enjoyable. It was great fun. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't know whether we were supposed to be cheering as you beat Jez to a pulp. Anyway, I mean, he'd gone after <laughs> Steve, hadn't he? So it's it's classic revenge yeah. story. I mean, that was yeah, and and that was one of those things where you had, uh, you know, Lee's been around the block a while. Mm. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we had to, we, the director, I can't remember who did that. I think it was um, Dave Richards. I can't remember. God rest his soul. That's another one who's passed us, mm. passed away. And it was a question of sort of, um, right, boys, do you know what you're doing here? And we said, yeah, no problem. <laughs> send, send the stuntman, the fight director away. We know what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. And we did it. Of course, now you can't even... You can't even stand on a table without some uh, some bloody fighter ranger having to tell you how to do it, or you can't do it. But in those days, you know, in those days we were rolling around all over the place and nobody got hurt. You know, it was yeah. just it's a different world now, Michael. Yeah. Not 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 for the better. Not for the better. So that that marked your first big exit from the show, didn't it? The jazz incident. Now I've read conflicting reports about whether it was your decision or the producers to say cheerio to Jim back then. So did did you want to go at the time or not? Well, the first time, uh, I mean, that, that was when he, he went to jail. Yes. So he didn't, he, I don't think he actually sort of left. I mean, he, he was in jail. But when I left, and Bev, I, I joined in 1989. And around about um, uh, whenever it was, um, 2001, uh, Bev had left mm. for her first time. And she was living in Spain and with John, blah, blah, and all the rest. And everything was hunky-dory. And for... At the time, the writers really struggled knowing what to do with Jim. Mm. And uh, and if there's any of them still alive, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you that's the truth. And, um, and I struggled then. And they started to get bored with the character. And I started to get bored with the character. Mm. And I went up to Jane McNaught, who was the then producer. And I says, look, I've got more to offer this show than this. But I said, if this carries on, I mean, the, you know, she was a lovely lady, bless her. And she got a whack off Jim as well. Hmm. But the girl who played Gwen, I mean, that storyline about Jim allowing himself to be ripped off and all, was was just clutching at straws, mm. really. And um, although we played it as best we could, but by that stage, I'd, I I said, I went up and I said, Jane, I said, look, I think I've got more to offer, but let me tell you something. If this carries on, the writers will get so pissed off, excuse my French, that they will kill the character because it's a bloody good storyline. Mm. And I said, I think I've got more to offer. So um, I said, why don't we call it a day? Mm. Shake hands and see what happens. So she said, give it another six months. So we gave it another six months and it wasn't going anywhere. So we had a civilized conversation and we shook hands. And uh, it was a mutual decision because... Otherwise, the character would have been killed off. Mm. It's as simple as that. that. That is the truth. Don't believe what you read in the papers. But it, that, that's that's exactly how it happened. And um, Jane and I shook hands and, and off we went. And the proof of the pudding is that I was back within the year 
you know what I mean? Coming mm. back and coming back. I mean, I've been back about nine times, you know. Did, was it, was, is it like, do they invite you or do you kind of say, have you got anything for me? How does that work? Because I think you've come back more than anyone else. Well, like, I'm very lucky because I've been doing this a long time. So I went straight into um, a movie and then I went into the West End with yeah. the opening of art, the play, blah, 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 all that stuff. So I didn't really need to ask, but I'll tell you what, which which is interesting, and and, uh, and maybe Ian's listening, and I, I hope he is because hmm. he deserves to hear this. Um, in those days, there was no relationship really with the producer and the actors. Not 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 really. Um, uh, apart from Bill Podmore, who was before my time, hmm. there, there was no there was no socialising really. There was no kind of relationship after you left. But re- but the, Ian now, who is producer at the moment. I have spoken to Ian and talked to him uh, over the la- over his uh, reign there at, at Corrie mm. uh, about once or twice a year. Oh, really? And we, well, yeah, and we have discussed the character and discussed what may or may not happen, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that mutual sort of um, regard has been there, and that's that's a very, very, very good thing, and it's something to be admired. And I, I won't forget it because. Mm. Nor, normally, what's happened is you just, I would just get a phone call for an availability check, yeah. and sometimes I would be available, sometimes I wouldn't be. Mm. But um, Granada used to look after me very well financially, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et so if I was available, I always knew that the storyline was going to be a good one because you don't have Jim McDonald back to say pint of lager, please, Jack. No, exactly. You know he's he's going to come back and do something or whatever. So. Um, no, they, they approach you, but as I say, recently I've kept in contact with Ian. And uh, But I look, I know how it works. I, Ian might phone me up tomorrow and say, listen, Charlie, here's the crack. Um, uh, Beverly, as we all know, has had a, a terrible year um, medically and all mm-hmm. the rest of it. And uh, we're going to have to, we need to bring her back to do this, to do that, and, all this, and the writers have decided to kill you. That's just the way it is. But mm. he, at least he would have the decency to tell me. Now, I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but I'm well aware of how it works. But um, it, in, in in other days, in bygone days of yore, you wouldn't even be told. The producer wouldn't have any relationship with you at all when you left. Mm. And people used to learn that their characters were killed off from the papers, you know? Mm-hmm. So if they invited you back, say, next year, because so, I know that Bev's, Bev's had a horrific year, it seems like, yeah, and, but, and, awesome. and she's supposed to be coming back next year to say a proper goodbye. Do you do you think that she should be going with Jim on her arm, maybe to get that pub together they always wanted, or has he blown his last chance? Do you think he'd... How would you like to, you know, go off into the sunset? Uh, I, I spoke to Beverly yesterday, actually. Oh, yeah. Because somebody, somebody phoned me up and said, you know, Beverly's been very ill, did did I know? And I said, no. I said, no, I have no idea. And then, of course, somebody uh, retweeted something. Um, uh, and I looked at it and, and it was awful. So I phoned her mm. up and we had a good chat. Um, in answer to your question, uh, she's going to have to come back and film some scenes of her exit when she's well enough to do so. And, of course, it would be, it would be nice if somehow... There was a reconciliation. I have no doubt there will be because... There always is, isn't there? Well, the, the, the fact of the matter is if, if somebody loves each... If the people love each other that much, then they can get over anything. Mm. 
Um, uh, so that that would be a wonderful thing. And also, I mean, you know, we we are living in uh, a fantasy world. So so you know, Bobby Ewing turns up in the shower, and Jim and Liz turn up, and they're in love again. It's not it's not uh, beyond the the powers of reason. And uh, it would be lovely to think that they could disappear together, hand in hand. And and there because you always know that they'll be back. Mm, mm, exactly, exactly. I, I'd love Jim to be redeemed. I mean, he it was awful what he did in the last time he was there, and I, I'd like him to, you know, yeah, get get some sort of redemption for it. As but yeah, yeah it's a fantasy. I think we can um we can believe that it could well, happen. We we did try to play. Um, we, I, well, certainly I tried to play the fact that that Jim knew what he was doing was was wrong. Mm, yeah, I got that. The, well, good. Thank, thank the Lord for that, because uh, there were certain directors who were sort of saying, "Why, why you, why, you just seem to be giving that look that you're not convinced." And I said, "Well, because he's not bloody convinced." <laughs> you know, yeah, he's no, been I talk, totally got talked that. into this. Yeah, he's been talked into this, and he's and he's doing it, and and uh, and then they they filmed those nice scenes with us uh, on the grave at the graveyard, and uh, I think it was clear that. Um, you know, Jim had not wanted to go, but he'd gone along with us for stupid reasons, and uh, so there is a redemption there somewhere. Yeah, those those graveyard scenes were brilliant, but I couldn't believe when he went off with Hannah at the end. He's like walking away from the church, then gets into Hannah's well, car. No, <laughs> I know, but you see, look, who knows, Michael? Because as I said, I was in rehearsals next day in London for Rebus. Mm. It was as simple as that. I, you know, they had to sort of chop and change the whole thing. Uh, and and there, I, of course, there would have been a better ending. Of course, you know, I felt, you know, this is this is cheap. Him just sort of slope, sloping away off into the car. But really, when you're confronted by the availability of Charlie Lawson, um, if I wasn't available and and they had plans to do whatever, I, I'm sorry, I just wasn't available. So yeah. I don't blame anybody for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just the way things fall. Um, and 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 we couldn't. I suspect the writers were, were weren't satisfied because they couldn't create the story that they really wanted to create that year because yeah. I wasn't available to do yeah. it. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, just just before we go, one of our listeners has written in and said that they loved going to see you narrate the Corrie stage show about ten years ago. Oh. So if, if the day ever comes that Jim you know has said his last goodbye, will you always be happy to take part in you know side projects like this, flying the flag for Coronation Street, as it were? Yeah, I remember when that came up. Is that 10 years ago? I think so. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was for the 50th. Yeah. Well, I remember when that came up um, and uh, I I ran a mile. Really? And then, and then yeah, because I thought, how is this going to work? How is it going to work? And then John was writing it. Uh, John's in Harvey, yeah? Mm, yeah, yeah, that's right. So he was writing it, so immediately I thought, well, wait a minute, wait a minute here, this boy's been around the block a while, he knows what he's doing. Mm. So I read it, and then I nearly ran another mile, because <laughs> it was so good, I thought, who, but who are they going to get to do this? But then the, the, I was so fascinated, and then of course we did the deal, and I was they were very generous to me, blah, blah. so I thought, you know what, and also, Michael, let's be honest, I was standing there reading a book. It was it was it was not difficult for me, although it did require a wee bit of whatever. Mm. But when I turned up at rehearsals, the 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 cast had been doing it now, and the the wonderful wonderful Catherine, for, who's now in Emmerdale, mm. 
What's her name? Catherine Dow Blyton, is that right? I can't remember. I think oh, you might be yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, no, look it up. She plays the priest in Emmerdale Farm. Hmm. You know, the, you know the one I mean? I can't confess to being an Emmerdale watcher as well, but okay. I will well, look anyway, it up. The listeners will probably know. Yes. But she was in it, and I walked in, and there was, these, there was two boys and two girls, and I swear to God, they could have been Rory Bremner. They hmm. were just brilliant. And I sat there and I watched a run through. The director had asked me to come through, uh, come and do, do watch them do uh, like a. They'd been rehearsing for for two or three weeks, and I came in sort of the last week, and I watched this run through, and not only did I roar with laughter, um, it, it it they were absolutely brilliant, mm. and I enjoyed that immensely. And we had to move from the studio theatre to the main house at the Lowry because we were so sold out. And do you know what? In 40 years, I have never read reviews in the theatre. And I've been at the English Shakespeare Company, the National Theatre. I've been in, in the West End. I have never seen reviews for a cast like I saw in that play. I mean, getting four stars from The Guardian and four stars in The Telegraph and four stars. In the t- it's just extraordinary. The trouble was, I think, that they should have left it alone because... You, you you could not do it again w- without the original cast, and and I think that I think that happened at later down the line, and and I think Jonathan would probably agree that it didn't really do it justice. Those those people who were cast in that play were stunning, mm. and I mean all I did was was did do what I do for the best to the best of my ability. But here, listen, I don't want any credit. They were they were. <laughs> They were brilliant. I wish I'd seen it myself, and it even came around here. I'm from Southampton, and it came from here, and I, tell, I don't know why I didn't go and see it. <laughs> really don't. Well, if it was the original cast, then you missed a real feast. It mm. was it was extraordinary. It was it was one of the most joyous experiences for an audience in the theatre, and we sold out, and, and uh, I, I don't know what happened to it in the end, but I know that the, the cast were, were stunning, they were, I, I've I've never seen performances like it in that genre. Yeah. Because they not only did they, you know, they became those characters that they played, and um, you look at Google it or whatever you. I mean, and Catherine was was wonderful, and the rest of the cast. I was so pleased when I saw her. I mean, I don't watch these bloody things. Hmm. Debbie watches them all the time, but hmm. I don't watch Emmerdale Farm either. Uh, although I know Natalie Robb very well, blah blah blah. And then, uh, and to see Catherine now, uh, uh, you know, earning a bloody good living is, is really nice because she deserves it. Because actors, never mind that what actors go through normally, but what they're going through now is is terrible. And I'm very lucky, uh, you know. I, I'm I I have a fat wallet because <laughs> I'm very busy all the time. Yeah. But I, it's an awful awful time for the industry and w- all the people out there who watch Corey and Emmerdale and EastEnders. The actors are very, very, very lucky mm-hmm. because the other actors, 99.9% of the other actors um, are in the world of brown stuff. Yeah. It's been really, really hard. Yeah, it really is, really is. Oh, well, look, Charlie, it has been such a pleasure chatting to you today. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Good. I've enjoyed it very much. Actors yeah. love talking about themselves. <laughs> yeah. no, it's, been, it's been really lovely hearing you reminisce about your time on Corrie. Jim was such a, a classic character, so it's good to hear you know, from the horse's mouth what it was like to, to be Jim for all that time. Yeah, and, and also, 
uh, may I say that, and, and I've said it every opportunity I can. Um, I watch. There, there are too many award ceremonies, and etc. Cetera, et cetera. But an awful lot of people say we couldn't do this without the crew and all the rest of it. And mm. I would just like to say, let me tell you something. The the the, the actors. Never mind the cameramen and the crew and all that, not the makeup artists. We all know they get their praises sung all the time, and they're lovely people, and I love them all. Mm. What the actors do is extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. Never mind thanking everybody else, all you people out there. The next time you get an award, pat yourselves on the shoulder, give yourselves a big hug, because you're up the pointed end, you do it. And, you know, I've said this to Simon on uh, many occasions. Don't be thanking the writers. Don't be thanking the crew and all the rest of it. It's old hat. Everybody does that. Mm. Thank the rest of the cast because they are brilliant. Absolutely. Now, that is a lovely, positive way to end this interview, I think. Good. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I, I will let you go and get on with the rest of your evening, Charlie. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. The <laughs> See you. Bye-bye. Bye. There we go. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Charlie. That was wonderful. Such a really great interview. It's I know. So he... great interview. He... Well done, Michael. Oh no, it's done. Well done, both of you. Yeah. Well, no, okay, it's partly to do with me. You had. I I really input. enjoyed chatting with him. It was a little bit, you know, before and a little bit scary getting a big curry name on as always. But he was really charming chap. Um, we had a lovely old chat together. Once he we... had a lot of nice things to say about you afterwards. Yeah, he did. We 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 finished. We carried on talking a little bit after the interview finished. I didn't he had some lovely to things to say. No, I, I didn't record it. We don't record things. No. Once we have finished speaking to our interview, well, you have. But you told me <laughs> what he said, and then he also had a nice tweet, so I knew you weren't lying. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. He was lovely. Honestly, really, really lovely chat. But it was great hearing him reminisce about his time on Coronation Street. Um, about working with Bev and 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 Simon and, and Nick and um, it was just yeah really really love you so thank you again very very much Charlie for for coming on and um, and chatting with me yeah, all about Coronation Street it was yeah. great it was lovely it's so nice I, I wanted at the beginning of this year to get some um, ex Corrie cast members on to celebrate who'd, who'd had like big parts yeah in yeah the show. yeah to celebrate the 60th mm-hmm. anniversary of Coronation Street this year but um, yeah I'm really really chuffed with this so everybody I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did oh Didn't definitely as, yeah. as someone who listened to it I thought it was a really fascinating interview and I really enjoyed listening to it Thank you very much. <laughs> and that's it. So if you'd like to give us some feedback on uh, on this, then you can um, write to us at conversationstreet at email dot... No, gmail. not in gmail.com. Sorry, yeah. Conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find us We've on Twitter. Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, YouTube, Spotify. Loads of stuff. And if you're a Coronation Street actor listening to this one, ex-Coronation Street actor, and you would also like to have just you're the like, same wonderful how experience come as Charlie he did, you get don't. in touch with us and we'll see if we can fit you into <laughs> oh, our yeah, schedule. Oh, yeah, we'd love to have you on. <laughs> anyway, thank you everybody for listening. Um, don't forget to check out our normal show as well if you listen to this first, where we talk about this week's fantastic week on Coronation Street. Um, yes, we also do an, a regular Coronation Street. Yeah, I'm um, thinking that probably most people listen to this know. <laughs> that we've been doing for eight years every week (laughs) that you might have missed (laughs) just in case check that out too we're going now goodbye everybody and the music for this episode came from podcastteam.com so it did (laughs) 